0: Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now, your hosts,
1: John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. I'm John.
2: Hi, and I'm Rena.
1: So, today we're going to talk about the highest version of you for the highest good of other people. But before we dive into that, I wanted to kind of set some context uh, what this is all about. So right now, if you think about what do you want right now? Like if you're were if you driving somewhere or if you just got into work somewhere, what did you want on the way to that job or that workplace or wherever you, you drove to? Um, just think about you know, what you might have wanted in, at that, in that drive, in that commute. Um, you
2: mean what you're wanting right now?
1: Yeah. If you, and okay. if you're at home, like what do you want right now? If you're just sitting at home, if you're not going anywhere, didn't go anywhere.
2: So I know some people, if they're uh, driving somewhere, they might be thinking about stopping to get something to eat. They might be wanting to adjust the volume, right? Yeah. What they're listening to. They might
1: want to grab some coffee. Uh, You know, maybe those donuts are calling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you think about that, those are the things that you want in the moment. And we have a lot of those things. You know, in the moment, something comes up and, hey, I want this, I want that. Now think about what you want this week. In this coming, the next seven days, what do you want?
2: So I can think. People've got a project they want to finish. Maybe a trip to get ready for a presentation to prepare. Uh, got to get the kids to soccer.
1: Yeah, maybe you need to mow the lawn.
2: Right, pay the bills. Yeah. So in this well, time maybe frame, that's not what they really want, right. <laughs> but they feel they need to. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so in this time frame, the time frame of a week, normally what people think of is what's on their to-do list. What do we? What do I need to do in this coming week? So think about what you want in the next year, the next 12 months. What do you want then?
2: Mm, A lot of good stuff. Got good possibilities for stuff around the house, um, stuff for career, relationships, going places.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so these are things we're starting to get kind of longer term ideas and goals here. You know, what do we want long term? And usually, what we want in the next year is more important to us than what we want to do in the in the week or in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, think about what you want in the next ten years.
2: Whoa, that's yeah. like long-term goals there.
1: Really long-term, yeah. And, the, and
2: a lot of people would be thinking of financial goals. Yes. Um, maybe some travel, more stuff around the house. Yeah.
1: Right. So, and, and a lot of folks haven't really thought about 10 years out, like 10 years, whoa, you know, you blow a, a gasket in your mind, you're like, okay, <laughs> you have know, even thought about that. Uh, but if you just think about not maybe specific concrete goals, or I've got these goals, but just, you know, in the next 10 years, what would you like to see in your life? Usually it's things of, of larger meaning, mm-hmm. you know, things that are, that are more important to you than even the one year goal. And finally, if you think about what it is you might want for your whole life. Like, what would you want the outcomes to be of your whole life? These would be the things of the the highest meaning, um, the greatest significance, because, you know, our whole life we get one of those and we don't get to do another one. You know, so if we we think about what do we want to do in the next 10 years? Well, there's a 10 years after that for most of us. And so we really don't put as much, uh, I don't know, thought into it. It's not quite as, as important. There's not this pressure to get it right, but if you think about what you want for your whole life, that's kind of uh, where you would want to have your legacy. What do you want to come out of your life? What people do you want to impact? What kind of relationships do you want? Um, you know what? What kind of person are you, and how would you like that to show through the way you live your life?
2: How do you want to be remembered? Yes. I remember it sounds to me like your end of life perspective, like when you had your heart attack and found yourself asking if you loved people well and if your life mattered like like that level of stuff.
1: Right. That mm-hmm. level of stuff. And so just wanted to set the stage when we talk about becoming the highest version of you for the highest good of other people, it's from this lifelong perspective. What do we want to be as a person as we go out in the world? What, what is this highest version of us that we want? And how do we hold the highest good for people uh, in a way that has the deepest meaning and the greatest significance in life? That's the goal here. So, so we're really not talking about just casually volunteering someplace, although that's great. But we're, we're talking about beyond that, you know, in terms of, of how do you make an impact with your whole life. It's not just something you casually do occasionally.
2: So people are going to have to be really deliberate on this, right? So the highest version of yourselves, becoming the very best you that you can be, really stepping into your awesomeness. I, I like to think of it as the way, you know, who God created me to be and encouraging people to step up and become more and more of that so that they can be more and more of a benefit to other people. And I'm really excited to dive into both aspects of that today.
1: Yes. So the first part of the hour today, we're going to talk about uh, how do you become the highest version of you? You know, when we want to become the highest version of ourselves for the highest good of other people, it's always an inside job. We really can't be of service to other people if we're being triggered or if in our interactions we're really hoping that they'll like us and approve of us and give us you know, these positive kudos or whatever, uh, if we're wanting that kind of feedback from them, we really can't be of service to them at the highest good level.
2: So what I hear you saying is really being of service to people, doing things to benefit people, provides an opportunity for our stuff to come up, our um, maybe previous wounds um, that cause us to react in a not-so-helpful way. Um, pains, um, think habits that we've learned, ways of responding that aren't helpful. Those all have the opportunity to come up as we're interacting with other people. Yes. Right. That's why it's so important to. It could be just called personal development. That's 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 another another word for really becoming the best version of you. Is so important because we need to be aware of how we're impacting other people and learn to manage ourselves on that. That's
1: right. So first first thing we wanna talk about today is emotional intelligence. Why don't you tell us about emotional intelligence there, Rina?
2: I love emotional intelligence. I, I could like totally geek out on it because I am so passionate about people being aware of how they're impacting other people. And I didn't come up with the model of emotional intelligence at all. There's people out there who do research, who this is their practice, that that's all that they do. So, like I said, I like it because it provides valuable tools and understandings to help us to become really the kind of person who can have more and more of a positive impact on other people. The first level is really just about being self-aware. So understanding our own emotions and recognizing our own emotions in the moment. And there's a lot of different things that we can do to become more aware. Now, it's kind of neat. They've got four different levels, and and we'll go over each one a little bit. And each one, they kind of build on each other. So really, this is the foundational building block, being aware of our own emotions. And there's a book that we recommend highly called Emotional Intelligence 2.0, It even includes a test that you can take, and you get a score in these different areas. And one of the reasons I love this so much is everybody has room to improve. Nobody's got this nailed, uh, and everybody can get better and better at that and how they're impacting other people. So there's different exercises that they also suggest. So, John, you've got a few of the exercises there that people can do to become more aware of their own emotions.
1: Yes, So one of them is to become aware of our triggers, what triggers us.
2: So that's often a past experience or past experiences that have a lot of emotions attached to them. Maybe we were hurt, um, all kinds of trauma, different things that could happen, and something in in our current life happens and triggers us. That means it brings back all those feelings, and we have a reaction that's otherwise out of proportion to the situation so becoming aware of what triggers us is helpful
1: right now we're gonna have to go to break here pretty soon so maybe i'll just list out these uh okay i could talk about it
2: forever yeah and we'll come
1: back and dive into more detail here (laughs) all right Uh, so the other ones here is just to notice how emotions are present in your body physically how do they show up
2: there are physical manifestations of emotions in our body that's great
1: keep a journal
2: okay write out your feelings practice
1: identifying emotions as they come up yep so we'll be right back
2: Thank you for listening to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. We'll be right back.
0: You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 105.5's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code money1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5.
2: Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Absolutely love our topic. We are talking about being the very best you that you can be so you can be of the best service to other people. And we are getting into emotional intelligence. We just covered the first area of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. The second area is self-management. So, okay, now that you're more aware of your emotions and your feelings as they're going on, you're able to choose your behaviors. Sometimes that's despite those feelings, or we're able to make new choices that are more helpful for us and for other people. And sometimes something will happen, for example, and we feel angry about it and that's normal, that's okay. Once we recognize that, we can choose into a different behavior that's not acting angry toward other people, just as an example. What are some exercises people can do to increase that skill, John? We can.
1: Before we do that, why don't we share a little bit about our experience? Okay. So what triggers you?
2: What triggers me? We were just talking about this morning. What triggers me, John?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you were sharing earlier about – you were uh, kind of afraid to step into leadership oh. at one point.
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I had a really intense... Um, what I did is I had a misunderstanding and an assumption around leaders. And I believed that leaders could not make mistakes. And so what I did is I was holding myself back from being a leader... Which was actually silly because I was doing leader like things, but I wasn't calling myself leader. In fact, I argued with you, John, about that one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a leader. I'm like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> because and and it took me a while to become aware of what was going on inside of me. I was afraid of making a mistake, and I didn't feel that a leader could make a mistake. So I am was triggered, so to speak, by um, you know any. Any potential, any opportunity to to make a mistake. So it, trying new things, being visible, so that people could see if I made a mistake, uh, would kind of spin me out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, when I when I grew up, I got the message um, that I had to appear smart in order to be accepted. Um, and so if ever I was interacting with somebody and they they suggested maybe I wasn't smart, maybe they thought I was an idiot. Or maybe they didn't, but I just took it that way. Or they said something like, you know, whatever idea you just shared, we don't care. We're just not going to pay attention to that. That would trigger me. And uh, I have all this emotional stuff come up. And it's like, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, I'm being triggered by this thing. Uh, so that's some examples of the things that can trigger us and why it's so important to to have emotional intelligence Uh, Because we don't want to be triggered while we're trying to be there of service to other people.
2: Well, and it's so fantastic to know our triggers, right? To know what's going to set us off because of our prior life experience so that we can make a new choice and not behave and, you know, emotionally, you know, blow up on people. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So for the self-management, some of the exercises here, one of them is really good is to just take some deep breaths. I know it sounds so simple and it's like, well, that's silly, you know how's this going to help me uh, but but there's something about just taking some time to just take two or three just really good deep breaths it just kind of helps clear our emotional state
2: it, it literally it does actually physiologically speaking there's changes in in our brain and our, our neurochemistry kind of a, a reset so actually it, it's it's tremendously beneficial it's not silly or you know whatever it's 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 a very helpful tool
1: Yes. The second one is to help identify what are we making things mean. Uh, now, I know you talked about that before, Rena.
2: Did a whole show on that. Did a Love whole it.
1: show on the meaning of things. And uh, a lot of times, um, we'll actually talk about this more, but we make things mean. And a lot of times what we've made it mean hurts us worse than the actual event itself.
2: Yeah, that's trip. That's worth, tri- worth thinking on for a while. How the meaning that we give things, what people say and do and what we make it mean, that hurts more than the actual action. Actu- what actually happened, what we're making it mean, hurts us more. Yes. Definitely worth thinking about that.
1: Yes. And the last one is kind of interesting here. It's to have space in your day, in your calendar, to sit down and problem solve. So that way you're not trying to solve everything in the moment and you can come back to it later on and think about whatever you need to solve and there's a space for it so you're not having to to push through right in the middle of a time when maybe you are being triggered you can put that off till later
2: yeah and I think it's such a neat practice. I'll confess, I don't have this one in place yet, but I can certainly see the value of it because when we're stressed, you know, when there's a problem that needs to be solved and we're dealing with it at the moment and we're stressed, it kind of brings out the worst in us. We drop to a, our lower level of functioning under stress and, and that, that's common. So the emotional intelligence helps with that and there's other outer type strategies you can do to set yourself up to be in a better place not so you're not walking around stressed out all the time right cool next level is being aware of emotions in other people so being able to recognize emotions in other people and I love this because um, empathy is one of my strengths if any of you guys out there have heard of the strengths finder inventory we like it a lot it's something we use in our practice and I just tend to Um, be really keyed into the emotions of other people and that's really important it's a skill that can be built like I said that's one of the things I love about emotional intelligence is it's not fixed it's something we can always improve on so there's ways that we can more and more be able to recognize what's going on with other people
1: right yeah and there are some exercises around this one as well and the first one is to watch body language I don't know if you know this, but our words are 7% of our communication. The rest of it is coming in other ways, largely in body language, uh, but sometimes other other subtle things. And uh, just watching someone's body language and becoming observant, being a, just an excellent observer of body language will help you identify what is going on in another person, even if they didn't say anything at all. Mm-hmm.
2: And interestingly, because I'm legally blind, I don't get to rely on that one as much. But there's other things like tone of voice and how people are speaking and how fast and, you know, if they're sounding distracted. There's just tons of information available if we're paying attention to it. Body language, speech, all that.
1: Yes. Another one is just to be fully present. Now, this one we are not taught to do. Not in this society. (laughs) I know when I was in the workplace as an employee, we'd get together with uh, team meetings, and we would talk and do problem solving. And in those, it was not really spoken. But the idea here is uh, if you could jump in at the right moment, you could say something and contribute to the problem solving. Otherwise, the conversation is flying by so fast that you wouldn't have a chance to say anything other than just to listen and watch. And that in that scenario, uh, I was not really listening very well because I was just thinking about, well, what am I supposed to say next or what do I want to say next so that I can jump in when, the, when there was a pause. When they took a breath, I could jump in you know, and <laughs> yeah. say something.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I spent more of my time thinking about what I was going to say rather than what they were actually saying.
2: And I wish that was restricted to workplace team meetings, uh, but it's not. I see it in small groups. I see it in conversations just with friends. And and it's like being in a small group of people. And if you want to say something, it's like trying to merge on the freeway and no one will let you in. And and so I know I get caught up in that. And I'm thinking about what do I want to say instead of really listening to what other people are saying. But how can you possibly know what's going on with other people if you're not really listening and paying attention? right yeah
1: yeah and the third exercise is to put yourself in their shoes think about how would they respond how would you respond if you were in their place
2: that's right how would you be feeling if somebody says something you're like if I said that what what might I have been feeling so I love that perspective of um, it's really an empathetic kind of response but you know just trying to see the world through from other people's point of view
1: right now that might sound really challenging to catch yourself before you're going to say something and consider how they might receive it. And uh, you might be wondering if you could ever get that right. And I know from my practice, um, a step along that path for me was to recognize after I had already said something that maybe that wasn't the best thing to say. And just know that it's okay afterwards to say, you know, I didn't mean that. Or I'm sorry for that. That didn't come out the way I intended and and to apologize for it because you can always go back and make it right.
2: I think that's fantastic. You know, don't see the conversation as as done and over with because communication can be ongoing especially if you want to try to improve something or correct something or fix basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Cool. The fourth level of or area they call it of emotional intelligence is they call it relationship management and I, I like to think of it as I'm aware of being what's going on with other people, and I'm able to predict kind of how things are going to land on them and choose accordingly. So being aware of other people's feelings and choosing uh, what I say and do accordingly, so that it, it lands well, and that certainly is a, a practice and something to improve in. It's you know being one of the higher areas. It, it's building on the other skills. Being aware of our own emotions, recognizing or being able to control our own selves, and recognizing emotions in other people calls on all of those skills to be able to anticipate how what we're going to say and do affects other people so we can choose what will be the best.
1: Right. Now, there's some exercises for this one, too. Some of these exercises require uh, some level of skill at the other levels of uh, competence and emotional intelligence. So, this first one here. Um, is to learn not to give mixed signals yeah and
2: that's a practice huh <laughs> yeah so so
1: if we're being triggered or if our stuff's coming up and we're feeling one way but but trying not to show that and maybe we're not even aware what'll happen is we'll say one thing but our body language will say something else
2: that's like if someone you know is going to do something and is that okay and you're like your arms are crossed and your brows furrowed and you're like yeah that's okay <laughs> That's a mixed signal right right. there. yes. (laughs) And we do that when we feel conflicted. Like, we feel like we should say yes, but we don't really want that. And, yeah, it kind of comes out that way.
1: Right. The other one is to receive feedback well. In our society, we (laughs) have been taught not to give feedback. We've been taught not to say anything if it's not nice. Right. And uh, so there's a lot of times in our society there's an absence of feedback. Uh, But when feedback comes... It's a, a great a great service that someone has done to give feedback t- to us, to you. And that means that you can take that in. It doesn't mean it's true, but if you take that in you have a chance to respond to it and to choose something different in the future.
2: Well that's great about, you know, whether it's true or not, because you need to assess it and to decide for yourself if it's useful and and what you want to do with it but if you disregard it out of hand then you won't even have that opportunity and it's it can be challenging because you know it feels like criticism and depending on our our life experience it may be hard to hear and especially for making it mean other things but it really is an opportunity to improve ourselves so a great skill to be able to accept feedback.
1: Yes and the last exercise is to learn to acknowledge other people's feelings.
2: Yeah, I love doing that. And when I name an emotion like what I think it is, it's nice because it's actually a way of checking in. And they can say, yeah, you know, it's not exactly like that. It's really more like this. And it actually helps to facilitate communication and understanding.
1: And it actually deepens the relationship because you're talking about things of greater importance rather than just the subject matter. You're connecting more at an emotional level with the person.
2: Yeah. So simple things like, you know, um, it sounds like that, that's really upsetting to you. Yes. You know, doesn't have to be elaborate.
1: Right. Yes. Cool. Great stuff. So we need to go onto a break. So we are you're listening to the Impact Hour and we will be right back talking about the highest version of you for the highest good of others.
0: You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 105.5's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code money1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. live with passion make a difference and come alive this is the impact hour with John and Rena on money 1055
1: welcome back to the impact hour with John and Rena we've been uh, we've been talking today about the highest version of you for the highest good of others it's a way of making your life's legacy living a life of significance and greater meaning we've been talking about the first part about the highest version of you And uh, this can be a a very large topic. We probably could spend the whole hour just on that part of it, but we want to get to some of the others. So we'll just touch on a couple more things here. And uh, one of the important things about the highest version of you, the highest version of me, has to do with our character. Now, a lot of times people feel like their character is a part of them and it's something that can't change. You know, people say, well, I'm just a grumpy person or, (laughs) you know, that's just me. That's just the way I am. And a lot of those things actually are choice. An example of that, um, if you watch TV and movies, uh, some of the best actors out there are called character actors. And they will step into the character of the role they're playing. And sometimes that character stays with the person even when they're not on camera. They've taken on this new character as themselves, and they have changed their character qualities, at least for that time being. So a lot of these character qualities really is a matter of choice. It's not who you are, you can choose. And so some of these character qualities uh, are important. They're important in the way we interact with people. Um, they're important in order to be able to make a big impact. And so some of them would be you know, our ability to be bold and to step out and do new, new, do new things and to not be afraid of being seen and visible. And these are qualities uh, that we all have in ourselves. When we were kids, we were bold. <laughs> you know, just watch a kid learn to walk. I mean, that's just pretty amazing, right? And so we're not learning to, to take on new qualities we've never experienced, but somewhere in our past we've experienced these. So it's about being bold. It's about being compassionate for people. It's about being curious. It's having authenticity in front of other people. It's uh, being having integrity.
2: Man, those are all good, all good. I could talk on all those. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just pick the integrity piece. Integrity is, it comes from the word, um, I forget the Latin, but integrated, being whole. So we don't have one part of ourselves that is one way in one situation and one part of ourselves that is another way in another situation. We're the same person, whichever situation that we're in. And part of being integrated or being whole is that when we say something we do it that's having integrity it's also that what we value is manifested in our actions and in our choices so that's that's having integrity and it is really an important part to making an impact in the lives of other people
1: yes all these are i mean just imagine they all are imagine just taking anyone off the street and then having them be as play as Warren Buffett for a day. They're just going to be Warren Buffett for the day. They're going to be in his role, in his position. You know, for a lot of people, that would not be something they would thrive at. Uh, they don't have the the character, you know, qualities built in yet, not fully developed to be in that kind of a role and to be the kind of person that needs to be there. And the same is true when you want to make a really big impact in people's lives, when we want to, whatever we care about, we want to be mentoring or we want to be, you know, calling homeless people up or, you know, whatever that is. We need to be the kind of person, have the character qualities where we can do that effectively and thrive in those environments, regardless of what weird stuff might come up.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about how powerful it can be to get some help with stepping into more and more of these kinds of qualities. So first it would be identifying which qualities are a priority, uh, that we want to work to stepping into. I know that you and I have been through programs where we create affirmations around it. I'm yes. a bold, authentic you know, woman, uh-huh. and uh, we're repeating those affirmations. Uh, but to get help, maybe from like a, a coach or a mentor, somebody who can guide us, show us, you know, help us to identify what kind of behaviors we'll be doing as a result of that, characteristic and that character quality and really start stepping into those, maybe get some accountability around that. That'll be powerful.
1: Put yourself in situations where you have to have those qualities to do well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's another one. That (laughs) works too.
1: (laughs) Yes. All right. So we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We're going to talk about the highest good for other people. So the, the key concept here is to ask yourself if I really loved this person, what would I do? And that's a really deep question. It's not something you can answer just in an instant. You have, sometimes it takes some real thought, because sometimes the surface answer you might come up with, come up with might actually do the person more harm than good. And so you have to really be considering what really is the highest good for the person.
2: Yeah, I really, I really geek out on this stuff too. <laughs> I love getting people to think more and more about making an impact coming from a place of love. So sometimes I notice we get a little bit of pushback from people. Oh, you know, you can't change people. You know, you can't go around trying to fix people. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. I get that. And if you really love that person, what would you do to be a benefit to them? So these, what happens is people see a need and they jump to a solution. This is very common. And what they do is they land on an activity. And we see this time after time after time. This is the standard. People see a need and they want to help with that need. They're coming from a place of compassion and they jump into an activity to fill that need. Uh, The most basic one I I always come to is somebody's hungry so we give them some food, okay? Whether it's a person who's homeless or a family whose parents are out of work, They're hungry, so we give them food. That's awesome. That's meeting a need. Yes, it is. That's good. And, because this is like, and is like the huge big word for this conversation. And when you really love them, what else are you going to do? So say, for example, there's a, a coat drive and little boy needs a coat. So you donate a coat, right? Now, the way that the many nonprofit models are set up is you'll never meet that child. Sometimes you'll meet the child just to hand it off. I've seen other programs where people take a kid shopping and there's there's some interaction there. So that's nice because you get to see the person who reaps the benefit of your efforts there. And seldom is there really an opportunity to get involved enough to really know the person well and to really love them, okay? So what I'm talking about is really getting to know people. So for this child who needs a coat, I would be asking, well, gee, isn't that interesting? It's part of being curious and it's part of having compassion. Why do you need a coat? What's going on with your parents? Hey, uh, this is pretty radical, but how about getting to know the parents? Do they need job skills? Do they need connections? Do they need to learn about budgeting and money management? What resources do they need? How can you really help them to change? Do they need some mindsets? How about some mentoring? if they're open. Do you have have you learned some life lessons you may be able to impart to them that would help them? And it's very very different what we advocate coming from a place of love than the usual model of simply donating to an organization that's doing some good work. So, you know, you don't need to do a lot of extra work to get clear on what difference you want to make if you're just writing a check to an organization but if this is going to be your life's work and you're gonna go in and you're gonna insert yourself into other people's lives you're gonna wanna be clear on the difference that you wanna make so that you can be really effective at producing that result
1: Yeah, it really gets into your why there's a book out there we highly recommend It's called start with why and I know a lot of, a lot of folks we talked to said they've read that, they really like that book. And it's, it's we're really all about that as well. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the outcome you really want to see? And when you get clear on that first, or if you've already been engaged in an activity, go back to the original why, then it'll help really tweak the activity that you're doing. It can make you rethink what activity you're involved in in the first place. Is it most effective? And it might be, but it might not. But it has to give you a chance to really evaluate, is this really producing the result that I want? Is is my why being satisfied here? Or I'm just busy? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's real easy to just be busy, too, because this is the norm in our society. and. It's interesting. There's new nonprofits popping up all over the place. And um, it's very interesting. I've, I've noticed that when an organization is smaller, people tend to be more involved in the change effort, right? Involved in people's lives. And the larger an organization gets, the more and more people are able to be involved without really being in touch with the people whose lives are being impacted, without directly being a part of that or seeing that result without actually being able to love on the people directly. But when you're really clear on your why, what am I trying to achieve? And this is what we're so passionate about is, is helping people get super clear on what's the difference that they wanna make okay and it's something that you'd be really passionate about and there's a way to do it in a way that pulls in your strengths, so it's a great fit for you I, I trust that for everybody that there's a difference that they'd be passionate about there usually there's multiple options really and it's about picking the one that makes the most sense for now and getting started on it and once you're clear on that difference what it does is it opens up a whole whole array of options that you probably wouldn't have considered otherwise. So if you're clear on what you're wanting to achieve, and you're coming from a place of love for those people, you'll be asking yourself, what's the very best way for me to do this? So, for example, I heard about there's a a fundraiser event um, locally, Helping Handbags. And the money goes to the Salvation Army, and they do awesome things like helping Uh, get women in in homeless shelters undergarments. There's a very basic human need there, right, that they're meeting, and that's awesome. And I can't help but to wonder, what is it like for those people who are uh, purchasing a handbag? You know, these handbags have been donated and and they're special, and so they're sold by auction. And women walk off with their handbag and they're really... Disconnected from the lives of the people who are changed. And that concerns me greatly because I think that when we get to the end of our lives, just like you did, John, we're going to be asking if we love people well and if our lives mattered. And I don't think that getting a a handbag um, in exchange for some money and knowing that that money went to help some people, I don't think we're going to be nearly as satisfied as if we went down and we got to know those women and love on them and see how we could really. Be of service to them and really work on changing their lives. That's right. That's what I'm talking about right yeah. there.
1: Yeah, I know from my experience that you know I'd given money to various places, but when I had my heart attack in 2005 and I asked if I'd loved people a well while and if my life mattered, that stuff didn't come up. I didn't even think about it. It mm-hmm. wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't something that would satisfy my questions. What I wanted to know is when I was interacting with people, was I interacting with them in a from a spirit of love and was I going out into the world in the right places so that I could make the biggest impact that I could and buying some some product that gives back or you know entering some kind of you know race for the cure or whatever wasn't something that would satisfy my questions at all I wanted to know what I had done not what I had donated to somebody else to do
2: Mhm So I think that I think it's really powerful to really stop and think about the people in our lives whom we've positively impacted and we talk about our impact ruler and it's something that we find really helpful so there's basically different levels of impacting people's lives at a a smaller level we change a person's mood by its nature that's temporary we can from there we can change a person's circumstances temporarily, we can change the circumstances long term. We can also change person's behavior temporarily and change their behavior permanently, and then they start getting into some real change there. Then we can change the person. We're talking mindsets, values, character, things of that nature, really changing them, which is awesome, because from the person flows the behavior, from there flows the circumstances. So changing a person is going to have a much greater impact. And when we love a person, we're going to change them. We also acknowledge that it's possible to change a person for eternity. And having that level of impact, that's going to be really satisfying. Coming from a place of love is really where all this is at, because we're going to want to know that we love people well, and that our lives mattered, and that we changed lives. So coming from a place of love is the key.
1: Right. And we need to go to break here so we will be right back with the impact hour.
0: You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 105.5's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to SimplyGreatLives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code Money 105.5 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to SimplyGreatLives.com. Start your journey today. You're listening to The Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great.
1: Welcome back to The Impact Hour with John and Rena. We've been talking about stepping into the highest version of you for the highest good of other people.
2: Because we're really going to have the best impact when we're being at our best, becoming the best we that we can be so we can be of the highest service to other people. It really requires us to become more so that we can do more and be of more service.
1: Yes. So continuing our topic from where we left off, um, just really being of service to other people and having their highest good. We've kind of alluded to it a bit here, but we really want to call out that uh, we want to be results oriented. And a part of that is addressing root causes. So we can address symptoms and I know in our society, I see a lot of addressing symptoms. You know, kids don't have shoes, so we give them shoes. And, you know, homeless folks appear hungry, so we give them food. We're addressing symptoms, but not so much addressing root causes. At least it's not very visible. So when we, we encourage you to have the highest good for other people, we wouldn't want you to just address their symptoms. We want you to be there for the person and help address root causes.
2: Yeah. Just to be aware, this, like you're saying, we see it all over the place. This is not the norm in our culture right now. We're working on changing that. But really, people are people's like I said, they see a problem and it is their good nature, their kindness that they want to help with that. But they're helping what is a a, surface level expression of the problem. So the symptom of it, instead of looking at the root. So just to be aware, we're calling you up to a higher standard and then this right now is not the norm in our society. So you're gonna be kind of going against the flow, doing things a little bit different, looking for what's the cause, why is this problem showing up and how can we fix that, why?
1: Yeah, now a lot of people, they address symptoms because it's easy to identify. Root causes sometimes are elusive. It's hard to identify what's actually the root cause. But we really encourage you to do the hard work that it takes to identify root causes. And sometimes people might even be in a similar situation, but maybe one group, the root cause is one thing, but another one, it's something else entirely.
2: So it looks the same on the surface, but when you dig deeper. Right. Do you have an example of that?
1: And I was talking to, to a friend uh, several weeks back, and uh, he's pretty involved in uh, some homeless work, trying to help folks uh, get back on their feet, back into their jobs, and, uh, and uh, just financially being in a better place. And uh, he's, he's providing trailer homes for them to live in, and they, they do pay rent, so it's not just a handout. And uh, they have some, some coaching that they provide for for these folks to get better better with money, learn how to manage their money better. And uh, he was sharing that uh, he was frustrated at a at a meeting he went with where people were talking about how to address the homeless problem, and they were addressing the homeless problem like it was just one thing, like it was just this one one approach, one size fits all. And and you could tell he was really really frustrated, really upset by this because he could see that different homeless folks. We're in different situations that uh, you know one solution for one group would not necessarily work for another group and that you have to treat them all differently because they're in different places in life and and different solutions would work for one but not the other
2: you know, we've talked in the show before about becoming an expert. And when you become an expert in your area where you want to create change, you'll know that kind of distinction that John's talking about, that this other guy was talking about, that there's different causes for different people. So you'll understand more and more because you're going to dive in and be focused and you'll know become you'll become an expert and know what's the root cause of the problem that you're seeking to fix. Yes. That's awesome.
1: So we promised we would talk a little bit more about the meaning of things. We wanted to circle back around and talk about that. Um, We have some exercises we do in the seminars that we have, and and we call the the section, This Means That. And uh, it's it's interesting. It's just a part of our natural processing of information. We really can't get away from it. Uh, Something happens in the world. It gets filtered by our past experience. Sometimes we're not even aware of it happening or it gets filtered out completely. Uh, But when it gets past the filters, then what happens is a meaning gets assigned to it by us, by our subconscious. We're not even aware that it's happening. So finally, when we are consciously aware of what is happening, it arrives with the meaning built into it. And sometimes the meaning that we've ascribed to whatever is happening, like we mentioned earlier, does us more harm than the actual event itself. So, the, uh, you know, I've been let go from work in my past. And so, in the past, uh, typically, the meaning I would ascribe to that would be, oh, I'm no good, they don't want me, you know, I must suck as an employee, all this this negative stuff. And uh, they didn't tell me that. Mm. Uh, That's made up. Right. It's a lot of times in the absence of information, we fill in the gaps. You know, we we need it to be filled in because it needs to make sense to us. And so we we always add in some kind of meaning behind it. Uh, But a lot of times the meanings that we make up are fabricated completely. It's no one told us that at all. We just guess this must be the truth. And so we've assigned this meaning to it.
2: Well, and, you know, I was just thinking it ties into what you're talking about earlier about being triggered by something, you know, an event happens and it brings up all these emotions from a past experience that totally helps us to assign meaning to stuff. And it's probably not the correct meaning. Right. Yeah. Sometimes
1: the meaning is triggering us and what the person said or did is not triggering us. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so yeah, it's a really big part of emotional intelligence. And a part of it is to learn to to take the meanings we've assigned to it uh, with a grain of salt and, mm-hmm. and to maybe assign new meanings. And over time, we could stop ascribing this negative meaning to the event. Um, but, but then maybe the, we get a new meaning that comes in even initially. And so over time, we can change the way we're, we're perceiving things in from the world.
2: And I love that because that'll allow us to have more of a positive impact. Yes. That's great. Hey, John, why don't you tell us about the Life Impact Academy?
1: Sure. So we're all about helping people to make a bigger impact on the world. And the main motivation for this, uh, for me, and what would be for people who come to our events is to really have a life of bigger, deeper meaning so that we can make a difference in the world that is meaningful to other people. We can love on them to the highest degree, and we will know that our life matters, that we didn't just come into the world you know take up some space and eat some food and go to work and then end our lives and wonder what did it all mean this really is about finding a higher purpose for your life and so we encourage you if this is you if you can identify and relate to any of these things I've talked about um, to come to our weekend event coming up in November
2: November 19th and 20th in Roseville yes it's called Life Impact Academy 201 connection and purpose And I love it because a lot of the first day, we're helping people to become more aware of how they're showing up and how they're affecting other people. And then from there, we get people really clear on the difference that they want to make. They leave. They're clear on the difference they want to make. It's a great fit for them, and they've got an action plan. Right. I love that event.
1: Yes. (laughs) And it it really is about stepping into a higher version of you for the highest good of other people. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. If you want more information about the seminars, you can go to theimpacthour.com.
2: Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening.